Welcome to Outer Rim News Podcast, episode 18. Star Wars The Force Awakens is in media blitz form right now. Everywhere you look, it's nothing but Star Wars. The actors and actresses are on uh, full display as they're hitting all the TV shows, promoting the crap out of the movie. <laughs> but before we get into all that, I just want to introduce us. Uh, if you've never listened to the show before, I'm Ashley Wilbanks. I'm a Southerner. Yes, I am. And my good buddy, Austin Gordy from Savannah. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Whoa. That there, that there's good voice, man. I tell you what. <laughs> good and Southern. Or I can do the, the movie version of like people from Savannah. And they're like, I'm from Savannah, Georgia. It's, it's hot out here on the river. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody Everything. talks like that. <laughs> I need some water. The I need some was, water to cool me down. I'm a little parched. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I, a, I need a glass of sweet tea up here. <laughs> do you ever like? Do you ever get like a like a a joy? Like you just get so excited when you're watching a movie and you hear someone who like authentically sounds southern. Like you can tell they're from the south. Uh, the only two people I know that do that: Matthew McConaughey. Right. But he's got more of a, it's more, not, not so much as a Georgia or right. dialect, but more of a Texas kind of mm-hmm. Southern dialect. And oh. the dude that was in like that awful Fast and the Furious movie, Tokyo Drift. I can't remember. Oh, that movie. kid. No, well, the one from Sling Blade, that's where I know him from. Yeah. Like him, like, when I hear him talk, I'm like, yes, I love it. Cause he was in Sling Blade. And you know, of course that was real authentic Southern stuff. But yeah, um, those two people, Jack McBrayer from from uh, Thirty Rock. Yeah, he played mm-hmm. Kenneth the Page. Do you remember? No, I didn't. I never watched Thirty Rock. If you ever see him on TV, he's always that real straight laced dude with the blonde hair. That's real innocent acting, kind of feminine, but it, you could tell he's got a it's a strong southern accent because he's from Conyers, Georgia. Like really? I love that, and like Christian Chenoweth, or. Um, there was somebody else I was trying to remember. Uh, I don't know, but it's just like I love when I hear people you could tell like that really are like they're from the south and they have the southern draw. I can't, st- I cannot stand southern accents on movies because they, it's always just so fake. Like you know, of yeah, course is, we can it, always tell how fake it is. Yeah, it is. It's like man, you are really trying that really southern hard. Accent. <laughs> You but watched Force Gump northern. ten times, and <laughs> you tried to emulate that. Yeah, and and they have the northern in them, so it comes out at certain times, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's yo, that's not right. Mm-mm. You're weird. Let's talk a little bit about the media, uh, the media blitz that is Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yeah, the movie c- coming up. Oh, it's just a week away now. Yeah, that, that dude, that away? hit me today. It was like, it was. I think it was, yeah, it was today. Like, while I was working, I'm just sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, it's a week away. Like, it's a week until the movie. And yep. it hit me so hard. I was, I just got super excited. Like, I'm just like, oh, oh my God. Like, that means next week I only have a three-day work week. And, and that means I'll, uh, you know, <laughs> like I start going crazy. And then I get nervous. And, like, I'm sitting there thinking about it and I get I get real excited, then I get anxious, and I'm getting nervous. You know, it's like that whole day is just going to be a, a wreck for me. Like I'm telling you, I'm yeah, going to collapse into the chair, into the seat, 
at the theater and pro and, and like I hope I don't like pass out from <laughs> from yeah. exhaustion. It's gonna be crazy. But you know, you realize that as of the time of this recording, you this time next week you will have already seen the movie. Oh God. Oh man, I can't wait. And like with in the media blitz, as you say, man, it's it. <laughs> there's no other word for it. It's a it's a blitz. Like they're just they're bombarding us with Star Wars stuff. And it's to the point now where I'm like, I, I try to hide my eyes because sometimes you'll see new trailers with new stuff and you're like, oh, I don't want to see that. Like you just, you know, I'm just ready to see the movie. Like I, I don't want to see any more teases. teases. I, I just want to, I just want to see the movie, but I'm, I'm also excited because it's just Star Wars fever, man. It's like, it's like episode one all over again, but it feels like it's even more like there. It's way, way more of a, of an excitement. It does, and too, you know, I, I'm trying to stay spoiler-free as well. I don't want to know anything about it any more than I already know. It is very hard, man, when mm -hmm. somebody puts something out there and says, oh, check this out, like the action figure. I don't know if you saw the uh, the new action figures. They yeah, was. it was the um, Ray action action figure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did you look at it? Yeah. We're, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk we're about gonna it. We're not going to talk about it. I saw it, but, uh, you know, it didn't really, didn't really spoil much for me. I mean, it's got a little bit of a, a taste in there, but... You know, I, I just tried to like when I watched. I think my brain just deflected it, where it's just like, okay, <laughs> like, just yeah. just waiting for the movie. So I, I'm okay with it. And that sort of made me mad when I did that. It's my fault. I'm the one. Right. That on I mean, it. I yeah. It. It's like you, you know, we we beat ourselves up over. It. I mean, it's our fault. Nobody else's. But that's why I just tried to deflect it and not think about it because I just still want to, yeah. you know, have like a fresh mind going into the movie so a lot of stuff that kind of slip up on me i just kind of let it roll and just try to act like i didn't see it but i am kind of frustrated that it got leaked you know and and then yeah there was the thing where they they leaked the or they say they had leaked the first two minutes of the movie but it ended up being a joke i thought that was pretty Dude. funny yeah i, I didn't watch I it at first i read the comments to see if it was real and then when i saw people making a joke like yeah i definitely knew that was a fake so I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And I laughed because, I mean, basically it's like you think you're seeing the opening crawl to the movie and then and then you see Ray and, and BB-8 and, and they incorporate scenes with Jar Jar. And, no. like, I, it Misa was the back. ultimate. Yeah, and Misa back. <laughs> and just boom, 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 and you start seeing all this, all this, these cuts. And it was, it, like, I almost, it's, it's, it's weird, but I almost wish that was in the movie. Like, because I'm, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm a sucker for reactions. You know, like, I love when people get angry or excited or just something like I love when there's a big reaction to a movie. <laughs> if you can, if you control people that bad or they get so angry and start booing at the screen. Oh my God. It's going to be crazy. Hey, but you know that, that little trailer, uh, which maybe we can put up a link to that in the show notes. If I can remember, um, the little trailer showed, at the very beginning, the little Disney logo splash thing that comes on before every Disney movie. It got me to thinking, I wonder if we're going to see that in, in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I mean, if if you look at the way Disney's handled the merchandise, mm -hmm. everything Star Wars now has the Disney logo on it. Yeah, but didn't they didn't they say that they weren't going to put the, the Disney logo on the movie, like wasn't that a thing? Maybe, maybe. But if you look at like all, all the new, uh, aside from Battlefront, if you look at all the little mobile games from Disney, uh, they have when they first boot up, they say Disney and Lucasfilm together on the mm -hmm. same page. Right. 
Kind of interesting. I mean, maybe Disney. I think Disney does have some sort of stake in the mobile market there. With here's here's what I wish they would do. And this is just me. Uh, I wish yeah. they would do the classic Disney logo, the one from like the the eighties. Like through, mm-hmm. they did it through the to like the, maybe the mid nineties or the early nineties, where it's the the blue, you know, with the castle. And it's like, you know, and like the little line draws across, like kind of a dome over the. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Yeah, yeah, like the yeah. old one, like the, the from the 80s, like that played in front of like Little Mermaid and Aladdin and, yeah. you know, Oliver and Company. Think, all that. that that would be so cool if they brought back that vintage Disney pictures thing and then and then they did the Lucasfilm logo and then went into the movie. That would be so crazy. But there's, I, I, I can't wait to the, the, see the people like reacting to all the logos. Remember how we always, it was always like, you know, 20th Century Fox would come up, everybody would, would be like, yeah, you know. And then, yeah. you know, t- Lucasfilm or like the Lucas, yeah, the Lucasfilm Limited would come up and everybody would cheer. And then Star Wars would come up, everybody would cheer. I bet, <coughs> I bet everybody is going to go crazy over the, the Disney logo <laughs> and then the then Lucasfilm. And then, the, you know, they'll probably do like the long time ago in a galaxy. Yeah, everybody's just going to go crazy. Like, there's well, going to be so much cheering in this movie, and I cannot wait. I know, dude, I know. I, I, you know, I think what they're going to do as far as how the movie comes on is if you've looked at the uh, the digital releases lately, mm-hmm. it, it's just the Lucasfilm logo, and it's got a little bit of a John Williams Star Wars medley kind of playing over it mm-hmm. at the beginning. And yep. then you get the A Long Time Ago in the Galaxy Far, Far Away. I'm hoping that's what they do. It's, and it, it, it's probably going to be that. I hope they don't put the Disney logo in there because – it almost Disney-fies it, you know, to some extent when you put the Disney. It's like, I don't know. I, I guess it's hard feelings. George Lucas made this. Lucasfilm made Star Wars what it is. And now you're, since Disney bought it, they're going to slap on their banner. Right. To the, to the yeah, but I could see how they, they wouldn't do it, maybe. But, I mean, I can, you know, if they do it, it wouldn't bother me because I'm like, look, it's Disney. At least they brought us a new Star Wars, so there's no hard feelings there. But I bet yeah. there's going to be a bad robot uh, logo on the front. Now that would be cool. Oh. You think that would be cool? I think that would be, uh, I don't know, almost disrespectful. <laughs> you think it's, so? Yeah, it's, it's Star Wars, <laughs> man. I mean, but you got to, but you got to understand. You know, if it weren't for these people, there wouldn't be a Star Wars. I mean, I, it wouldn't bother me that much. I mean. You know, because I know that they did it, but I mean, they probably won't. But if they did, I, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, <laughs> because it would only be a one-time thing. Because Abrams is not associated with the rest of the movies. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, Bad if Bad be. Robot did this one, they, they're not going to produce the other ones, are they? No, not that I know of. It, you know, so Luke, it's Lucasfilm, right? So that, that's right. What, that's what uh, that's what gets me. I hope they don't put the Bad Robot on there because it, then you have this awkward. One film out of everything else has the bad robot, right? And that and so that could be that you know, like if it's not going to be part of the production going forward, then they probably yeah. won't do it just because of that. They'll think like, okay, if you look at it, you know, we've got all you know, we've got all three movies. We're only doing one. It would you know, it would be kind of weird to do. That's probably what they'll think about. I mean, it's going to be there somewhere, but it'll probably be like in the credits at the end or something. You know, like in the scroll or something, you know. Oh, no, but, no um, I have no problem with that. You right, right. So they, may, so they may not. I mean, but, you know, at the same time, we're we're both, you know, picking apart the opening, <laughs> you know, yeah. pr- opening production cards. So it's like it really yeah. doesn't matter. It's all about what's going to be in that movie. 
But you know what? That, that says something. I mean, that, that tells you how much people care about Star Wars, how much they care about this upcoming film that you're yeah. going to pick apart something as, <laughs> yeah. as uh, minuscule as, as whether Bad Robot's little splash logo is going to be on the, <laughs> right. the, of the film or Disney. But uh, it's just something to think about when you're comparing old films, old Star Wars to The Force Awakens and everything else. Did you after. read? Um, did you read George Lucas's, uh, or like read about his response to the new movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said he liked it. Yeah, like I like I heard that, and then like when then they they talked to Kathleen Kennedy, and she said, "Oh well, he said people will love this." So I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering if if he really does like this new movie. Dude, I, George, that's a it's a whole mystery to me. At times, I think, you know, he doesn't want the thing to succeed. He's jealous. He, yeah, he, I, I feel like when he watched it, because because when I when I read both responses, like what he says and then what she said, he says, um, you can tell that. I mean, he's completely aware of what we wanted versus what he gave us. He's completely yeah. aware. So I bet when he watched this movie. It kind of excites me that he had the reaction that he did because it's probably like, well, those, those darn nerds got what they wanted, you know. <laughs> I guess you'll, I guess you'll like it. It's got ships and stuff in it. There's space battles. F- fine, you could have it, you know. I mean, that kind of makes me happy. I'm like, if he wants to be that way about it, I understand it's his baby. It's his, you know. But at the same time, you've got to understand where your strengths came from, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. That, that's why I kind of feel like he should have had this stance a long time ago with the prequels. He should have had more help. Plus, I, could, I wouldn't have minded him having, like, his strengths focused elsewhere. Like Francis Ford Coppola said about George Lucas, you know, we, when he made Star Wars and we got Star Wars, we, made, we had three great movies, but then there were, like, 50 movies, that great movies that we'll never see, you know, because of his, his creative energy going into Star Wars. Um, yeah. But who knows? I mean, because we have seen some of his other story ideas. We've got Howard the Duck. and I mean, we got mm-hmm. what well, we had... Um, <clears throat> Red uh, tails, huh? Red tails. Oh, red tails. Um, I'm. Um, oh Lord, Willow, which was great. Yep. I, I, I would like to see more of that. Like, I would like for them to dip back into that story, like into that universe. Because well, I'm sure he sold that. He that that went with Lucasfilm, right? So if if he sold Lucasfilm, that the Willow franchise went with it, right? Just like Indiana Jones. I'm assuming, yeah, I'm yeah. assuming. I mean, so see, I would love things. for Disney. Disney would could get a hold of that, and I bet they could probably do something good with it <clears throat> if they give it to the right people. Um, yeah, it, it could be, but I don't know, yeah. man. That genre's sort of played out to me. I mean, the, it, yeah, it peaked with Lord of the Rings. I right. Mean, that that type of fantasy film, it peaked with Lord of the Rings because you see the Hobbit. I don't believe the Hobbit did as well. Is the original Lord of the Rings? Well, see, here's the thing: the Hobbit. I feel like the Hobbit because it did do really well. I mean, it made like each movie made I think at least like a a billion a movie, you know. But um, uh, but at the same time, I feel like people people watched it, but it was like out of respect. Because even me, I went and watched them all out of respect. Like I watched the first one twice in theaters because I thought the first one was actually pretty good. Um, I watched them all too. I watched yeah, them all yeah, too. but you know, like the third to me, the first, the the Lord of the Rings was way like far superior. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the like they were way further superior. Um, but 
with the Hobbit, it's like, you know, they were more of like a technical kind of achievement. You know, it was more like about him, like his, like how he made it, like with the 3D technology and all that kind of stuff. So people watched it out of respect and it, it was a Lord of the Rings property and it was a Peter Jackson thing. So people went and watched it regardless. And, and still we, we say it's just like, ah, we, we go, you go out of it going like, man, that they could, they could wrap that up in two movies, maybe even one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They probably could have um, one. Yeah, so so yeah, I could I could see how that you know Willow would be, would be kind of like overplayed. But at the same time, I love that universe. Like if it could if they could make it more realistic, that like when people talk about making um, like oh, I wish Zelda would be made into a movie. Like well, you better make sure that you could you know you either talk to like Ron Howard or Ridley Scott, like people who've done like you know Willow or Legend and made that gritty look to the to the medieval type scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean. You know, it could happen, but I could see why it would be played out. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm a, a two minds on George Lucas and Star Wars now. On one hand, I think the the Disney marketing machine said to make this film a success, we have to cut George Lucas completely out of the loop. Right. We have to disassociate Lucas's name with this film and and show people that we're going back to the roots of what made Star Wars Star Wars back in the early 80s, late 70s. Right. And and I think that Lucas plays a bigger part in that in that script than we probably realize. Mm-hmm. And 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 part of the marketing machine is to downplay his involvement even though he does have a big part in it just to help market the movie better. But then another part of me thinks that yeah, Luke, that maybe Lucas is telling the truth and that he has nothing to do with the film and that, you know, he saw the film and he said, yes, fans will love it. It's great. Oh, it'll be great. But I don't know. There's, there's a part of me just because he, he owns so much Disney stock now. You know, he's, he's a big-time player in, in, in the Disney Corporation. I just don't see Disney trying to make him mad by just cutting him out altogether. But, you know, I mean, the way they're talking, though, I mean, it, maybe it wouldn't make him mad because, I mean, he's he willingly he stepped away. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he's he's yeah. playing nice and going, like, I know you're probably going to make something that I don't approve of, but I don't want to have any involvement in it so that mm-hmm. I won't be brokenhearted because I'll know, you know, whatever you do is not going to be what I wanted, but I've got nothing to do with it, so y'all do whatever you want. I mean, I don't know. You, I mean, you could be, that's the thing is we're, you know, it's all speculation. We're not in the business. We don't know what, what really happened behind closed doors, but, um, I don't know. I, I still have, I'm of the mind that, you know, George, George is, is very much a, I'm going to do it my, do it the way I want to do it. And I feel like he almost like if, if somebody was to suggest like it could be better this way out of spite or out of defiance, he would do the opposite. He just seems yeah, like he's that not pig-headed, but you know, or hard-headed would be a better word. But you know, it's just kind of like any of us, especially if you have like a creative itch, and you have this thing that you're protective of. You're like, well, I made it. I'm going to do it the way I want, and you think yeah. it's one way, and somebody goes, well, you know, to be honest, it would probably be better if you, like, if you look at it this way because because of blah blah blah, and then you just go, well, who you think you are? I'm not going to do that because it's not my idea. You know, and then he yeah. just, you know, I feel like that's just kind of the mindset he's always had. 
it's frustrating, but I get it at the same time because you know, if you're a creative person like that, you don't want people stepping in and, and putting their two cents into your, you know, putting their bit in your soup. You know, you want to, you want to, it's yours. So I don't know. I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you're coming from, and I can see it from both sides. I just, it's, it's kind of sad that, that Lucas's role is so diminished, according to all the reports. Right. That, that he created Star Wars. And it came out of his brain. You know, I mean, we wouldn't have Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Chewbacca, any of them, without George Lucas and his imagination. Right. Uh, so it, it just seems like, we also wouldn't even have. Sort of the, I don't even know if we would have had the the original guys come back if it wasn't for Lucas, because he he was the one that went out and talked to him before he ever even announced him, you know, selling the the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I, mean, I have lots, I have loads of respect for him. I mean, he's he is the creator, but at the same time, you know, people, especially when you get older, I, I understand you're going to have that, you know, that you know, when you get older, you want to do what you want to do. You're not going to have somebody tell you what to do, and I totally get that. But sometimes that could be at your own demise. So in his case, I just feel like he's kind of like out of a little bit out of touch with what what made Star Wars so great. Or maybe he just doesn't look at it the same way we did, like how we saw, like, you know, he did something great. But, it, it, you know, it's almost like maybe we we took it to heart in a certain way that he just didn't think of. And he's like, no, 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 it's supposed to be this way. But we're like, no, 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 this is how we took it. And with these new movies, I feel like they're going to be more of like a star Wars love letter, not necessarily a love letter to George Lucas, but a love letter to star Wars and money wise marketing wise. That's the smart route to go. Integrity wise, who knows? could be, you know, you could be giving up something, but at the same time, you know, if you, I don't know if you found it, if you found that, that, draw like that power like you you found that niche that you can that you can fall into you know like like if they've if they've unlocked the magic to to like the secret to this new trilogy like they know what they're going to do with it so if they're like you know we know how we're going to make this great you know and it's going to it's going to satisfy the fans go for it you know yeah i mean and according to kathleen kennedy i mean this the star wars story group Right, and maybe maybe doesn't have a complete mapped out future for Star Wars. Right, but they have a very good direction. They want to take everything, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping this for the best. Right, even even and, without Lucas's involvement. Imperial troops have entered the base. Imperial troops have entered. And speaking of the story group, it's like so far I feel like they're doing a pretty good job. Um, uh-huh. you know, cause I'm reading all the medium from, from the comics to the novels mm-hmm. and they've been doing a great job and I can't wait to read the new, uh, Greg Rucka short, you know, the three, th- you know, covering the three main yeah. characters, the three main mm-hmm. heroes for the new movie that comes out, I think, you know, Thursday of next week when the movie does. So I'll be picking a yeah. copy of that up that morning. Um, right. that's going to be great. You know, reading all the other ones like lost stars and aftermath and, a new dawn, uh, you know, dark disciple. Those are great stories, but I'll tell you, man, the newest one they released battle, which is more of like kind of a tie into the game battlefront twilight yeah. company. I am finding it so hard to get into. Like I'm like, just, I'm just going to throw it out there. It, it is the, it's the hardest star Wars book I've had to read in a while. 
And I don't mean hard as in difficult, like, I, oh, I don't understand what's going on. It's just, it's just I can't get into it. Have you have you gotten to read you're, it or listen to it, dude? You're you're not alone. You're not alone. I've I've had the audiobook since the day it released, and it's been out uh, over a month now, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it? I, I, it's been a while because I know I went the the day of. I mean, I, well, it was it was the it was at, right after I got off work. I had to go to mm-hmm. two different places. Like I went to Sam's Club and they, they didn't have it, so I ran to Walmart and gra- grabbed it. And yeah, ever since, dude, I just, I, I can't, I cannot get into it. Uh, um, you know, of course I listen to it on my drives to work or right. try to, mm-hmm. uh, or that's when I do my audio book kind of thing is, is when I'm driving back and forth to Dublin. And this book has been the hardest book to listen to. Uh, not that the voice acting is bad. It's actually really, really good. It's, it's totally the story. And I don't think that it's the author's fault. I just, there's nothing there to tie me back to Star Wars. Uh, There's some scenes with Vader, and that's piqued my interest just a tad. Mm -hmm. But it's few and far between. And sometimes I really don't understand what I'm reading because I'm having, I'm even having trouble visualizing these characters yeah you know like when i'm reading the book like what's weird is when i'm reading the book it's it's really hard like you're saying it's hard to visualize the scene because you've got you've got several characters you're following obviously the the main character namir Mm -hmm. you know i guess is the one you're supposed to be following the most he's like the head or he's like one of the major players of the twilight company but like the just the structure of the book is very un-star wars like you know like for one, you know, and I understand that it's, it's, they're going to make it more, it's like grittier, you know, it's almost like saving private Ryan, you know, meets star Wars. And I know they're trying to be, you know, like, Oh, it's battlefront. So, you know, you're on the ground. It's, it's nitty. It's gritty. It's just, you know, you're, you know, you're a soldier fighting for your life, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, it doesn't read like a star Wars book. Like you would, if, if I didn't see the occasional, you know, world, like Sullust or Hoth, you know, yeah. or, you know, like a, you know, Bothan or whatever, you know, like the, the species and stuff like that, that, that we see like a, a world or a species or name or something. You wouldn't think it was Star Wars. You wouldn't know you were reading Star Wars. And mm-hmm. they, and it even shies away when it gets to the point. And I understand they're probably doing this because of the fact that you're reading it from the perspective of like ground assault troops so when it gets to points where there's space battle or something like that, they shy away from it. Like, oh, that's not our, that's not our bag, baby. You know, we don't do that. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. It, and it's just there's no like right now. I feel like there's been a whole bunch of nothing, and they'll cut away and talk about like, like oh, there was a, you know, everything was great until all of a sudden, boom, there was an attack, and then you, then it's like it's almost like you, you hear about the attack, you hear about something, and then it's like you're you're you read about the aftermath of it. Or That's how it's, it, so in some cases, it even jumps around in the, in time, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and I, and that and that confuses the heck out of me. Like, but I know, like right now where I'm at, they just they just got to the Hoth um, Echo Base, and it's almost oh. like they're gonna they're like they stopped in there and they're like, oh, it's so cold, I can't wait to leave, and so I guess they're gonna mm. take off again from this location. 
But you're gonna um, stick around on Hoth. You're gonna stick around on Hoth for a, a couple of chapters. You will, okay? Because I mean, the way they yeah. added it was like, all right, well, we're, we're you know we're about to go elsewhere, and you know then you'll jump around. You you'll jump to like an imperial group for for a chapter, but um, but it just doesn't have that Star Wars structure in that Star Wars dialogue, you know. So it to me it just really makes the book drag. And so far, all I know is that we we have taken a uh, what was she like? Chalice. Yeah, Chalice. The was she like a, you know, like like a president or like a leader? You know, she was like a government. She wasn't. Yeah, she wasn't a, a moth. She was. A, no, no, no. She was like part of the. She was like a, like I said, she, almost like a like a minister or something on a planet. Yeah, um, but she was. I mean, she was a part of the imperial. Yeah, yeah. Like regime. her, you know, her allegiance was with the empire, and. Basically, she's defecting to the to the Rebel Alliance and is going to give them, you know, Imperial secrets. And of course, she's very conniving, and you can tell that you know she's she's up to something. You know, that she's not as dumb as you may think she is. She's you know, real sly. Um, and her and and uh, Namir kind of have this thing back and forth going. You know, where he's trying to figure her out and all that. You know, but. Other than that, it's like, it's just, it's not, the book is just not pulling me in at all. Like, I mean, people complain about Aftermath, but Aftermath was a circus. Like, it was a party compared to this book. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I, whew, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get there. It's just going to take me a while. Like, I feel like I, one night I need to just force myself to sit down and just, just finish the book. And then I feel like I may need to, to like, just start over and read it again just to make sure I got everything. But it really is like it, you know. I was so excited for this book, and it's right now. It's just not, not good at all. Like right now, it's probably like my least favorite of the whole series. Yeah, it is. It's mine too. I mean, I, when I got the book, I, I listened to about the first four chapters, and then I had to start over because I it's, honestly I was just lost. There were so many characters introduced to you at, right at the beginning, um, and I really couldn't tell who the main character, who who I'm supposed to be pulling for. I mean, you had Namir, and you had this guy named Chalmers, and you had uh the the Chalis lady and you had the um the four-armed alien uh he starts with a g i can't remember his name oh um uh, i can't remember yeah i can't remember his name either and uh i honestly i, I just didn't know it and in the very beginning it i can't even explain the very first chapter where the person that you're following and his Stone Age weapons and and all that kind of mess. I'm just like I don't I don't even know what I'm reading. I don't know what I'm reading because you don't even get introduced to that character again until like ten chapters later. Uh, and right now I'm on. I think the book has forty ish chapters. I'm on twenty eight or thirty. Uh, I might be around thirty now because I did start listening to it again last week or this past week as I was going back and forth to work and and I. I just find myself daydreaming or floating off as as I'm listening. Right, and that's how engaging. I was reading it. Yeah, there's nothing engaging. There's nothing pulling me in uh, aside from you're, you're going to get a little Darth Vader action soon mm -hmm. in the book, uh, but it doesn't last long, and there's not much to it. And uh, I, honestly, man, I, the book is boring. It's just straight up boring. There's no other, no other word for it. And and 
one of the reasons it's boring is probably because I just don't understand what's going on. All right. I just don't understand. Like, uh, the book publishers just released that little ebook called Perfect Weapon, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's based on a character from Star Wars The Force Awakens. Right. And um, I can't wait to read it. I haven't read it yeah. yet, but I'm probably going to look it up so I can get it. Yeah. It's, it's just a tertiary character. Um, it, I, I believe, I don't know if they're going to have a main part, but they're in the background of uh, that pirate's den or club. We've seen them in the in the Vanity Fair magazine. Mm-hmm. But that book was two-hour listen. That's all it was. Um, and it was had me engaged from beginning to end. And, and I don't know those characters. You know, I, the only thing I know is how this one lady looks, so I kind of got a picture in my head of what she looks like. But the story was intriguing, and uh, it, it, it kept I kept my attention. I, I wanted to listen to it through the whole thing. I even stayed in my car a little while longer after I'd gotten to where I was, just to you know get to a good point where I could stop because I was kind of on my edge of my seat there for for um, a little bit. But with this book, the Twilight Company, man, I'm no offense to to anybody. I hope nobody takes offense to this, but. I'm struggling with that. I'm so struggling with that. Right. And, you know, I mean, in, uh, the the author, he's the one that did the, um, oh, Lord, um, what was his name? I'm trying to remember real quick. It's uh, Alexander Freed. I think he did mm-hmm. the, didn't he do the short stories like the Lost Tribe of the Sith or something like that? Nah, yeah, I don't or, know. You're, you're talking about older legacy canon or whatever it was legend I'm, I'm not sure about that yeah i know he did some i know he did some old republic stuff but i, I was trying to remember that maybe i'll I'm, i may be mixing them up with with somebody else i know he did some old republic stuff so he's i mean he's you know not new to the star wars universe but i don't know like i mean it, just with this book it just doesn't have that star wars uh structure to it you know because i was i was thinking that it's going to be a group of soldiers you're going to kind of get a characterization of each one because when they introduce i think his name was gadrin gadrin the uh the the, uh, basilisk character you were talking about um yeah i was excited because i'm like all right we get us another one you know that's like dex you know he's he's gonna be big and bulky and he's got the four arms he's gonna be crazy you know and then you've got just whatever other characters they introduce in there i was thinking man it'd be cool if they have a sullston in there um, I was I was really hoping I'd get some more, you know, Christopher Maydean, but no, I'm like whatever. But um, but no, you think you would have Twilight Company, so you'd have at least like a group of like four or five characters you kind of get to know, and you kind of have a you form like a you know like a group or like a brotherhood with or something, and and you you know you kind of put them in a situation like if it was me, it was like all right, I would have had the first mission, you know, and they they get the the um still still having a problem with what what she is but um get chalice's character you know she's going to defect to the to the empire i mean to the republic from the empire you know um get that set up and then basically have like you know whatever mission you have to go on or then whatever standoff you'll end up with like i'm sure that's the structure of the book but the way they get to it it's just so long and drawn out like there's no like there's no like the pacing is horrible. Like if I was the yeah. editor of this book, I would have been, I would have gave, gave it back and just said, look, you've got to change the pacing on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly I, I, what I would have done. I would have been like, who are these characters? 
and maybe maybe it'll be different by the time I get to the last part of the book. But you know, if I go over halfway with that book and I still have no connection to these characters, it's kind of that's, that's tough, you know, because you're going to lose readers. I mean, people are going to put it down and not come back to it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even at chapter twenty-eight or thirty or whatever chapter I'm on right now, I didn't realize that Namir was the main character of the book until that that moment. Right. I mean, basically, you're just a matter of oh, we're 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 seeing him more than anybody else, so he must be the the hero of the book. Yeah. But he still doesn't stand out. He's not. You know, I know he's he was part of a tribe. What you know before he was um he was you know part of the rebellion, right? Like some sort of a okay. So Namir Namir is the guy who was in the very beginning, the very first chapter. I believe so. Yeah. Now one, I will say one. Totally lost. Yeah. Right. Now, I will say that one really interesting thing about Chalice's character was that yeah. she was the successor to Count Vidian. And Count Vidian was in A New Republic, I mean, uh, in A New Dawn. And he was the, um, oh, Lord, what was he the Count of? It was like um, um, uh, Hydoral Prime, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Something like Prime. that. But anyway, so she's the successor to him, so that's pretty interesting. And I really like that Count uh, Vidian character. Like, I'd like to see more of him. I would like to see him, like, in a comic or something, you know, because the way he's described, I mean, he's, you know, Mace, he's you know half man, half cyborg. You yeah. know, he'd be a pretty menacing character. So I felt like I would have loved to have gotten to see more of him, you know, pre A New Dawn. Um, but yeah, I know I, she takes over. I heard his, his name, successor. and I knew. I said, "Man, that name sounds familiar." Where have I heard that from? But now that you say it, yeah, he was in a new dome. I just yeah, I didn't a new put dome. Two together, probably because I was halfway asleep when I'm driving. <laughs> like, oh, but really, I I catch myself waking, you know, trying to kick myself as I'm driving. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good thing, you know. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've seen reviews online that people talking about oh this is such a great book this is such a great book and more power to you if you like it you know if it i'm not i'm not, I'm not trying to tell anybody to not read the book because it may be your cup of tea it may be something you love but to me uh this is like my least favorite of the new canon series yeah my least least favorite way down at the bottom like i feel like if you you know like authors like you know, Timothy Zahn, Kevin J. Anderson, you know, even Matt Stover. I mean, these guys had the structure, like they knew how to, you know, how to do these games and how to do them justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not games, but these, these books and, and make them, you know, really good. They had like a certain structure, especially Timothy Zahn. Like he, to me, he was the master. He knew exactly how a star Wars book was supposed to be made. Like they, they should have made handbooks like, you know, text manuals on how to write a good Star Wars book, and it would be by Timothy Zahn or based off of his his work. But yeah. you know, with books like this, it's just a little bit harder to follow. You know, it's just I don't know. It's just very un Star Wars. So it's kind of hard. I mean, even like to me, even aftermath. You know, it was a jump because of the the you know the um, present tense. You know, style of the the writing and some of the language you know, like of the book and, and dialogue and, and, you know, it was a little bit, it was a far jump from star Wars, but to me, it's still like, especially, especially near the halfway point, it really rang in with that, 
you know, with that, that Star Wars feel. And I really started to really care about the main characters. Like these, these guys really became a, a crew in my, in my eyes. I'm, I've been waiting for the, the characters in this book in Twilight Company to do that. And it's still just, I mean, really right. I mean, it feels like for a major quarter of this book, there's been no other interactions, you know, with the other team members other than it being, uh, Namir talking to Chalice and, mm-hmm. you know, so you're not getting hardly any backstory on, on the Twilight Company other than, than, uh, Namir, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like, like you were pointing out, I mean, even when Star Wars Rebels first came out, you had to get to know these characters, but, but they jived really well. They, they came together as a group and, and actually, the stories led me to take an interest in those characters. This book, there's nothing there telling me you need to be interested in this guy. You need to be interested in this girl, right. Roach, or whatever her name is. Um, there's, there's nothing intriguing. There's nothing just pulling me in saying, you want to know more about this. You want to know more about this. I, actually, I don't care. I, I'm kind of waiting to, for the next... Uh, appearance of Darth Vader to come in and kill them all. You know? Right, I mean, right. Nothing, I mean, kill them all, start over, give me some interesting characters to <laughs> reboot, to read about. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's just nothing, there's nothing there for me, but like I said, it, I don't want to dissuade anybody from picking the book up and reading it because it may be right up your alley. If you, if you like uh, war type books, uh, you, you may like it. To me, it's it's not my it's not my cup of tea. Hello, what have we here? Let's talk a little bit about Star Wars Rebels last night. Oh yeah, the new episode Legacy. It uh, it's a pretty good episode. I and and did you get the feeling this is sort of like the mid season finale? Sort of, yeah. I mean, it kind of ended abruptly. I kind of felt like like oh wait 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 where's the rest of the episode? But, um, yeah. and, but and, yeah. and too, I, I scrolled through my DVR or scrolled through my guide on direct TV for next week. And there's not a new episode. Yeah. It's probably going to be maybe in the, in January when it starts back up. I'm not sure either. It's kind of weird. Cause I mean, it played through Thanksgiving week too. So they didn't skip mm-hmm. a week there. Um, but this was what episode 10. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know they, that this was a full no, 11. season. Of yeah, this was this was episode eleven. So that would make sense because there's going to be twenty two episodes this season, right? No, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess this is the mid. So this must be the mid season finale. finale, and they haven't announced anything yet. So I'm guessing it's probably going to pick back up in January, which is yeah. kind of sad. But you know, we've we've got plenty of <laughs> Star Wars yeah. to last to hold us over until that starts back. Oh yeah, and that could be the idea. Is hey, they got they got the movie to take care of. They right. don't need the cartoon, you know, the Rebels cartoon. But um, spoiler alert here, because we're going to talk about the happenings of Legacy, and we might spoil a, spoil a few things. So if you hadn't seen it, you don't want to be spoiled, then you might want to uh, pause this or fast forward us a little bit till we get past this point. But so let's dive right into it. Um, the premise of this episode is is is. Ezra's having a, a dream about his parents. He sees them. He has one of these force visions. And uh, the vision's saying, hey, you know, something's going on with your parents. Uh, 
And the whole episode is him trying to figure out how do I get to my parents? What's happened to my parents? And in the background, we get the repercussions from Ezra telling the little uh, Athorian baby that, you know, where the rebel base was and the little uh, seventh sister robot recorded it and took it back to her. So the, uh, the empire is attacking, uh, what was the, what was the planet called? Burrell? Um, something like that. I'm trying to remember. I think that's, I think that's how you, how I think it was Burrell. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so in the background we have the empire attacking the, the rebel alliance at the, or the rebels at this site. And, Kanan and Ezra and Chopper, I think Chopper was with him, head off and uh, go in search of Ezra's parents. Because right. I think they Garel is what it was. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> think they have a chance of, of finding and knowing where they're at. Uh, so, Austin, what are your thoughts on this episode? I mean, it was good. It was more of like a, like a character study on, you know, like Ezra and, you know, the whole thing about his parents. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean the you know there was still some action and stuff in the episode it was but to me this was this felt like way more of the like the grown up episodes you know the ones where it really is more about the characters than yeah. you know mm-hmm. kind of like oh you know what what we have for the kids this episode um and plus you just kind of have I don't know like I've I'm, I've always been interested in in stuff about like you know how did Ezra come to be or you know like where you know whatever happened to his parents you know and I love the fact that that um like Kanan and and Hera this whole time you know of course they you know um I can't remember the character that that could have um revealed I guess to to Ezra his you know what happened with Cebo. his parents huh Sibo Sibo, right? Yep. Yeah. So, Cebo. yeah. And, you know, of course, Ezra's like, I don't care to know, you know. But at this whole time, you know, Kanan and, and Hera have been trying to piece together what they can, like where were they at, what prison, that sort of thing, you know. I thought that was really touching because that really shows that, you know, how much they care for Ezra, you know. And, and they, you know, I mean – it could have just been a done deal where, okay, well, Ezra doesn't want to know. He doesn't really care about figuring out the mystery of, of where the parents went. So we'll just kind of leave it at that. They, they knew that it's, you know, deep inside it's important. And so I thought that was really cool. They did. And, And long story short on this episode, I mean, we've learned that Ezra's parents are dead or so we're led to believe. Right. I'm still, I'm still on the fence as to whether they're really dead or not. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, thinking like I mean then again this show, you know, they they don't care to to kind of go nope, they're dead, you know, cuz like the whole episode, you know, where they thought Luminara was alive. <laughs> and it yeah, was like nope, yeah. she's dead. <laughs> you know, I'm like okay. Like that's one thing I love about this show is it really doesn't you know, I mean it's still for everybody, but at the same time it doesn't try to dumb down to or try to play down the kids you know it's it's free mm-hmm. you know it's it has some pretty adult things in it as well but um but yeah i don't know i i i don't know i don't buy that they're dead yet and and i don't and i don't trust this guy who's telling ezra mm-hmm. all this information yeah he something's seems... up with that dude what was his name yeah. it was like uh it was like writer or something like that yeah something something along those lines and 
he was uh, supposedly locked up with Ezra's parents when they made their escape. Mm-hmm. And uh, he made it out, of course. Ezra's parents didn't make it out, so he says. And it just happens to uh, find Ezra on Lothal through a little uh, uh, loth cat or whatever it's called. Yeah, and, those uh, things look weird. No, they do. Like some out of Pokemon or something. Yeah, different. that's what I was thinking. I'm like, it, look, it looks really like anime. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of... It was a weird. If it is a mid-season finale, it's sort of a weird mid-season finale. Uh, it kind of left you on a down note with the death of what the supposed death of Ezra's parents. But I would, I, would, I mean, to me, I thought they would have left it off on a cliffhanger-ish type yeah. deal, you know, like with somebody's life in in jeopardy or. We don't know, you know, somebody gets kidnapped and we don't know what happens to them until January. Right. But, uh, this is more of a, let's wrap up Ezra's storyline. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pretty much. This whole parent storyline thing. But, you know, oh, wait, I, something just popped in my head. I was listening to um, Rebel Force Radio mm-hmm. and they had an interview with uh, the guy who plays Ezra Bridger on the show. And uh, he was talk. He was talk. They uh, Jimmy Mack asked him about his favorite episodes, and he said the episodes dealing with his parents, which was plural episodes. Hmm. And hmm. I, I wanted to say it was like a two or three uh, episode arc. Yeah, I, that's making sense now because it it, it was too. Too uh, tidily wrapped up. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, it must be. It, it's like a cl- it's it's a cliffhanger, but it's not in the sense like you know, like will he or won't he die? You know, <laughs> tune in next month. You know, you're. So but it's just kind of like I was just kind of like, wow, that that kind of happened. Because at first I was yeah. thinking something may have happened where I didn't catch all of the the recording or something. I was like, Is something happened to my DVR, but no, it's just. I mean, it pretty much just ended. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, where'd it go? Where'd it go? So I started slapping my remote like, hey, what's going on here? That's <laughs> so what happens when I give up Star Wars. <laughs> give the evacuation code signal. Well, you know what? It's getting about that time. I hate to do it, man, but we're hitting, we're getting close to that hour mark, so we need to wrap up for this week. I know there's a lot more Star Wars we could talk about, but time constraints and podcasting is... It's a big deal when saving these files, so we've got to keep it around this hour mark. Oh, yeah. Um, if, uh, if you guys want to, and are, are you are you, you Stitcher, always check us out. You know, look us up on Stitcher. Leave us a review. Subscribe to us. It sure helps. Um, iTunes, the same thing. Subscribe to us. Leave us a review. It could be good. It could be bad. Um, we just want to hear your thoughts on the show to help make it the best it can be. We also started playing around with a little thing called SoundCloud. I don't know if you know about that one, Austin. Uh, um, I may have heard of that contraption. Yeah. So we uploaded um, last week's episode on there. Uh, so hopefully this week's episode will get uploaded to SoundCloud sometime in the next couple of days. And uh, hopefully that'll be a big help to us as well. Um, 
course, we're always on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash news, Twitter at News, and also you can email us with any thoughts on the show at news at outerrimnews.com. We want to hear about it. If you want to ask us a question, we'll try to answer it on the show as best we can. Just email it to us. We'll put it in the pipeline, get it on the show, and get you an answer for whatever you need. Uh, any final thoughts, Austin? Um, no, not really. Just uh, everybody buckle up and get ready for the, the ride that is Star Wars next week. Exactly, exactly. So, from me, may the Force be with you. Peace and love. Thanks so much for listening to our show this week. If you want to follow us online, you can do so by visiting us on the web at www.outerrimnews.com. We're on Twitter at Outer Rim News, and we're on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Outer Rim News. If you want to leave a review or subscribe to us on iTunes, we would love to see that. And finally, this podcast is not endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm. It is intended for entertainment purposes only. The fantastic Star Wars rock music used for the show is courtesy of Husky by the Geek. You can find him on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. Star Wars, names, and sounds are all copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders. <laughs>